Hey, this is Candace Pringle, lead pastor of Effie Church, and this is our podcast. Are you all ready? Let's welcome evangelist Tim Bennett. Oh, that's funny. Every time she hands me the mic, I said, are you sure? You sure you want to give this over? Man, it's so good to be with you again this afternoon, evening. What time is it? I don't know yet. We got 13 minutes until it's this afternoon, so I'm, a, I'm speaking prophetically. Good afternoon. It's good to be with you folks again. What a tremendous Lord we serve. If you have your Bibles, let's get right to it. Let's get right to it. Mark chapter 10 this, uh, this afternoon. I'm saying it this afternoon. I'm just sticking with that because I can't change bitstream. So good to be with you folks. Thank you again, Pastor Candace, for the opportunity to be with you folks this weekend. We're going to be right back here tonight, 615, uh, Heart Soul Mini Conference. I think uh, you have to say it in that tone, like mini, six or 615. I am so confused. I'm going to be here at 530, all right? Y'all show up at six. We're going to have a good time tonight. I'm going to talk to you about uh, just, it's going to be real quick because we have some other breakout sessions that we want to offer to you. So you're not going to be listening to me jabber all day long. But uh, tonight I'm going to talk to you about what it means to, won't you be my neighbor? Come on, somebody. It's a beautiful day. All right, so that's what we're going to talk about tonight and how we can share our faith practically. Uh, God has gifted you. I don't know if you realize this or not. God has given you giftings and abilities to share your faith in just the way who you are. You don't have to be somebody else. You be exactly who God created you to be. Amen. Uh, so that's tonight at 6. It's not 6.15. 6. You show up at 6.15, you'll be here, but you're late. Come on, somebody. Uh, but uh, 6 o'clock tonight. Uh, here this morning, uh, I'm excited because uh, we're, we're, we're believing God for miracles and signs and wonders in this service. We're going to take time here in just a few moments. We're going to be uh, praying with folks. And uh, the Bible says, if any one of you is sick, may he call the, on the elders of the church to lay hands on you and anoint you with oil. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well in Jesus' name. How many of you still believe the prayers of the righteous still avail much? Despite what we see with our eyes, it doesn't mean that God isn't working and that God's not up to something. Amen. So uh, we're going to believe for that. But let me just kind of lay the ground rule right here, right now. Wouldn't it be just like Jesus to go ahead and heal you and touch you where you're sitting right now in the name of Jesus? Go ahead and be healed in Jesus' name. So if you happen to have that, you, you sense that happen in your body during the preaching or whatever happens. Listen, it was like the woman with the issue of blood. The Bible says for 12 years she had suffered with a bleeding problem. She'd been to every doctor, been every everywhere, spent all the money she had, but instead of getting better, she got worse. But in a moment when Jesus was walking by, she reached out and touched the hem of the garment of my Savior. And in a moment, over 12 years, she had been struggling, but in a moment, she knew in her body, she had been healed and made completely whole. If that happens to you today, maybe you've been struggling, you've been to doctors, you've been everywhere, got all kinds of things going on, but all of a sudden, you know deep down in your body that God is touching you. I'm going to go ahead and give you permission to get up out of your chair and start running around giving God the glory and me and Pastor Candace we're going to chase right behind you giving Jesus some praise amen I watched her kids run around yesterday so I know they got it from somewhere come on Mark chapter 10 
Mark chapter 10, excited for what God has. Thank you for your giving, by the way. I haven't said that in the other services and got convicted about that. But, but thank you for your giving. You have an opportunity here at the end uh, of the service. And thanks for giving towards what God has called us to do. You're not giving to me or to my family. I, I want you to understand when you give to, to traveling ministries like this, uh, the Bible says that you're doing the, the work of the Lord. And third John, that as you take care of traveling ministries, we don't accept uh, donations and giving from uh, folks that are not a part of the family of God. We only uh, take in from what the Lord gives through his family. And because of that, we take the gospel around that you might be able to go, but you can send. Come on, somebody. And so uh, that's what we do. And God is stretching us right now to even expand and what we're doing in our media. And we're going to be going uh, doing some live broadcasts and expanding and some things like that. And so a large portion of what you give uh, this weekend is going to be going to that. We also work in our missions endeavors, uh, mainly Nicaragua, help uh, sponsoring children and and, and uh, feeding uh, and feeding centers and things. I think it's up to fifteen thousand children a week. Is that right, honey? About fifteen thousand kids a week get a meal, uh, and so uh, we're excited. And because of that, the churches have started, which means we also have to help uh, pastoral training and and raise them up and all that kind of stuff. We partner with a missions organization called Metanoia Missions International, and God is up to something in that beautiful nation. I love what God is doing in Central America. But what we see God do there, I got news for you. He loves Adams County and Gettysburg just as much. You know, God's going to touch and meet your need right here, right now. If you got Mark chapter 10, come on, would you jump up to your feet for the reading of God's word this morning? Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10, you're about to witness a miracle. I'm going to preach the shortest sermon I've ever preached in my life. Mark chapter 10, starting at verse 46. Mark chapter 10, starting at verse 46, this is what the word of the Lord says on a beautiful, gorgeous spring day in Adams County, Gettysburg, says, when they reached Jericho, and as Jesus and his disciples left the town, a large crowd followed him. A blind beggar named Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, was sitting by the road. When Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Be quiet, many of the people yelled at him, but he only shouted louder, Son of David, have mercy on me. When Jesus heard him, he stopped and said, Tell him to come here. So they called the blind man. Cheer up, they said. Come on, he's calling you. Bartimaeus threw aside his coat and jumped up and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do, Jesus asked. Uh, My rabbi, the blind man said, I want to see. And Jesus said to him, go, for your faith has healed you. And instantly the man could see, and he followed Jesus down the road. Come on, that's awesome. Come on, let's pray. Father, one more time, would you release the power of your written word into our lives? Lord, in the mighty name of your son, Jesus, I pray for fear and doubt and confusion to be chased out of this room by your perfect love. Lord, I thank you for your touch. I thank you for your miracle working power. Lord, I thank you that you want us to be pr- to prosper and be in good health even as our soul prospers. So Lord, I pray today that healing would be loose in this room in Jesus' name. Lord, that that that, 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 that being satisfied in where we are, and Lord, just accepting the circumstance, God, we would be unsettled with where we are, but we would be satisfied in whose we are, in the name of Jesus Christ. God, have your way. I trust you. God, I trust you. God, lead me, guide me, direct me. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart, may they be pleasing to you, because you're my rock, and you are my redeemer. In Jesus' name. Come on, and everybody said... Amen. Amen. Come on. God bless you. Have a seat this this afternoon. I'm saying it. We're six minutes away. Yeah. All right. So look, uh, you know, my family and I, my my beautiful wife, we've been married this August. It'll be 18 years this August, August 4th. I even know the day. Come on, somebody. Hey. 
suckered her in. Uh, and so, and August 4th, uh, it'll be 18 years that we've been married, and uh, uh, we're blessed. We have four beautiful children. Emily's 15, Josiah's 11, Hudson is 9, our little girl, Ediana, turns 5, just at the end of this month, a few weeks away, and so we're, we're blessed. We, we understand what it means to expect, you know? Uh, yeah, how many remember the, how many, how many uh, parents out there, all the books that people would give you, and the advice that they would give you, and can, can I just, if, if you happen to be somebody that maybe you're pregnant here, today or you know or maybe you're the person that sees somebody that's pregnant that's really who I want to talk to because you have no need to tell that mom to tell that soon-to-be mom the worst story that happened to you throughout your pregnancy come on somebody that is like why do you do that quit it stop talking about how sick you are and all that stuff nobody wants to hear that mess no more amen all right that's not part of my message but I felt I needed to get that out all right I feel better I've been to counseling all right but we've, we've had children, and we went through the book. I remember one of the books that we really liked was Baby Wise. How many remember Baby Wise? Eat, play, sleep. Eat, play, sleep. You know, you, you would, you'd, get your, you'd wake your child up. You'd feed your child. Then the child, you'd let them play, and then you would put them to sleep. You know, people would come to the house. They'd want to hold the baby or whatever and act like they're so great, and they'd put the kid to sleep, and we haven't fed them yet. We're like, no, quit. But, you know, there was the, another book called What to Expect When You're Expecting. How do you remember those books, right? And it would give you all the details of what was about to happen and what, you know, what was going to happen maybe when you got to the hospital or even during development, maybe some symptoms and things, the type of morning sickness or things to help along the way. You know, ginger helps with an upset stomach and, you know, all, all the kind of different little things that go around and, you know, how your baby is developing and what week this is happening and blah, 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 and all this stuff that's going on. And so it was always about what to expect when you're expecting. I don't know if you know this or not, but when God wants to do something in your life, there's there's often a gestation period. There's often a moment when, when something gets birthed and something gets conceived. Uh, there, there's a moment where, where you, you need to wait upon the promise of God. And we talked about this in the last service. Come on, how many were here in the 915 service? Let me see. Look at you and you stayed. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. You get an extra room in your mansion when you get to heaven. Amen. But we talked about how to remain faithful until we see the faithfulness of God, that we stick with it and we see in it. That as, even as Simeon had to hey, wait 112 years before he saw the Messiah as he was promised, he, was, he, he accepted a little baby that was born into controversy and a, and a pair of a couple young teenage poor parents that had nothing to offer. But Simeon was able to look in and see not just the Messiah of Israel, but the Savior of the entire world. Today, I want to tell you what you can expect expect when you're expecting a miracle, when you're expecting God to do something, things that will happen to you and the response that you should have to it. How many are in the house today and you are expecting God to do a miracle in your life? Come on, let's just lift your hand up right now. Come on, let's just go ahead and say, God, we surrender to you. Lord, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray that we would stop trying to carry around that expectancy of weight. Lord, maybe, Lord, it seems like we need to work up to ourselves and be just a good enough Christian to make you move and do the miracle in our life. Lord, I pray that the, the, the weight of responsibility would come off of our shoulders and Lord we would surrender to you in full capability and knowing that you are more than able in the name of Jesus Christ. Listen, what, is, what do you expect when you're expecting? There's a story in Mark chapter 10. Luke gives us the same account but doesn't give us the exact name of the man. just says there's a bunch of blind people uh, but Mark gives us some really good details here. In Mark chapter 10 just outside of Jericho uh, there was a, a man named Bartimaeus. We call him blind Bartimaeus which we're going to talk about in just a moment. I think that's a joke. We call him blind Bartimaeus even though he's been healed for 2,000 years. Hello. 
But here he is. He's sitting out on, on the roadside just outside of the town of Jericho. Come on, this is a town uh, where Joshua and his armies marched around and the walls fell straight down into the ground. And God had done a miracle there already. And, and so Bar uh, Bartimaeus is sitting outside of this town in Jericho and he's blind and Jesus has a large crowd following him. Jesus, it's really getting close to Jesus has his triumphal entry of what is about to happen in the Passion Week and Jesus surrendering his life on the cross on Friday and getting up out of the grave on the third day on Sunday. And this is all just about to happen, but here Jesus is moving in. He's, he steps into Jericho and does some things, and as he's leaving town, the Bible says he comes out, and here's this blind man named Bartimaeus. He hears that Jesus is coming by, and when he hears that Jesus is coming by, he begins to cry out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. The crowd tells him to shut up and be quiet. Can I say shut up? Am I allowed to say that here? All right. So I always have to ask. I'm not sure, but I said it in the mic. Notice I say things. It's better to ask for, uh, forgiveness than permission. Come on, somebody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I crack myself up sometimes. I just, you got to deal with it. And Bartimaeus is yelling out. The crowd tells him to be quiet, shut up. And it makes Bartimaeus cry even louder. And Jesus comes over and touches him and heals him. And he's able to see. This is an incredible story of what to expect when you're expecting. Let's go right back to it. Mark chapter 10, verse 46 says, Then they reached Jericho, and as Jesus and his disciples were leaving town, a large crowd followed him. A blind beggar named Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, was sitting beside the road. When Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Listen to me. Here's the first thing you can expect when you are in need of God. When you need a touch from the Lord, you can expect that Jesus is going to come close. Let me say this one more time. When you are in need of a touch of God, you can expect that Jesus is going to come close. The Bible says that Jesus came near Bartimaeus, that Jesus was walking by him, that he came near him. I got news to you. I serve a God who is not far and distant, but I serve a God who is my ever-present help in time of need. I am not forgotten. I have not been pushed along the wayside. Bartimaeus had to live outside of the town. I want you to hear me today. Bartimaeus was a blind man. He was afflicted. For all we know, he was blind most of his life, if not of his entire life, and he was he was. He was exiled outside of the town. People that were sick and afflicted and maybe didn't look like everybody else or act like everybody else or had some kind of a problem. Bartimaeus was pushed outside of town. He wasn't even allowed to be inside of town. It's much like what you would read about through scriptures with lepers and people that had skin diseases and problems. They weren't allowed to be inside of the town. They weren't allowed to be around anybody else because they were considered unclean. They were considered unfit. They were considered unworthy. And it was decided that they had to deal with those problems because of the judgment and the pain and the heartache and maybe dumb decisions they had made, people assumed it was their fault uh, that sickness was upon them. Can I just tell you this right now? I said this earlier, and I want to drop this in your spirit again. Listen, the, the pain or the sickness or the heartache that you're maybe going through, uh, listen, the problem that you got to deal with, it is not judgment upon you. God has not come to judge. Jesus said, uh, the Bible says in John 3, 17, that Jesus didn't come to judge you or condemn you, but he came to save you. He bore your judgment already. 
already. All the judgment of the Lord was already. Listen, Jesus carried every judgment, every all condemnation was put on the back and the hands and the feet of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And it was put in that borrowed tomb next to the hill of Golgotha. And I got news to you, Jesus left it all behind and it's still in that tomb. The judgment of God is not falling upon you anymore. But when you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that he is God, I got news to you. The, the old is gone and the new is come. When you are in need of God, you can expect that Jesus will come close. He will come close by. And I love what the Bible says. As Jesus comes over, he comes close by. Bartimaeus was considered unclean. It was considered, you, you couldn't touch him. If you touched an unclean person, uh, listen, if, if you touched somebody that was sick or had problems, now the, they, the religious people would consider that you were sick or that you had problems and you were now unclean and you weren't allowed to be in town anymore. You had to leave your family. You had to leave your finances. You had to leave your job. And you had to go and do all these things to try and work yourself up to make yourself clean again. I got news for you today. You, you don't have to work yourself into the salvation of God anymore. You are saved by grace through faith. It's not by works so that no one can boast. It's only by the beautiful grace of Jesus Christ that he is calling you by name. He's calling you by name. And the Bible says that Bartimaeus started to, he started to cry out as he knew that Jesus was coming close. I love this. And oftentimes, you know, they, they believed if you touched an unclean person, it made you unclean. But I love it. Whenever Jesus steps in, instead of the unclean making the clean unclean, the clean now makes the unclean clean. Hello. Instead of the unclean making the clean unclean, listen to me, Jesus, the clean, makes the unclean clean. Come on, somebody. Hello. I love that. This is good stuff. I should work that into my chance somehow. I don't know how to do that. But Jesus takes what is unclean and makes it clean for his glory. Listen, here's what I want to tell you today. When Jesus comes close by, your response ought to be that you confess that he is the Lord of this world. He is the Savior of the world. The Bible says when Jesus came nearby, Bartimaeus began to shout out, Jesus, son of David. Jesus, son of David. See, th this is the amazing thing. Even Bartimaeus' name, I didn't give you this part yet. Let me give you this part. The, the, even Bartimaeus' name means son of Timaeus. The name Timaeus means unclean, unfit, dirty, religiously unclean. Listen, maybe you feel like you're religiously unclean, that maybe you don't belong, or maybe, maybe you haven't been coming to church, or maybe you don't feel like you can give enough in an offering, or you can do this, or you, can do it. you don't have the right last name. I got news for you. I serve a God who is, the, who is the clean, that touches the unclean, and makes it clean again in Jesus' name. Listen to me. You don't have to work yourself up. Jesus is coming to you. He's coming close by, and when he comes close by, you need to do what Bartimaeus did, and you, be, you need to be, confess that he is the Savior of the world. Bartimaeus says, Jesus, son of David. This term, son of David was what, what was a term was a title that they kept solely for the Messiah of the world it, it wasn't just some by accident because listen the Bible it was Jewish and Messianic promise that the Messiah would come out of the lineage of David out of the family of David come on somebody we talked about the birth of Jesus just in the last service what town was Jesus born in again come on speak it out come on what town was Jesus born in you know it come on let it out Everybody let it out. Bethlehem. Bethlehem is known as the city of David. Jesus was born out of the house of David. That's why Bartimaeus said, Jesus, son of David. He was acknowledging that Jesus was the Savior of the world. Listen, it hadn't been revealed to the world yet, but through the Holy Spirit of God, it had been revealed to Bartimaeus that he knew that the Savior was coming close by. Listen to me. When the Savior is coming close, you need to start confessing that he is the Lord and the King over everything in your life. 
even over your sickness or the tragicness of where you are or maybe you feel like you're unclean or you're not worthy, I got news for you. When you begin to confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. He makes the unclean clean in the name of Jesus Christ. Here's what you expect when you expect it. Jesus will come close. And listen, you, you need to confess that he is Lord over everything in your life. Even over sickness, over sin, over heartache, over torment, over pain. Jesus is Lord of all. This is what it means to worship the Lord. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, Romans says, therefore, I urge you, brothers, in the view of God's mercy, to offer yourselves as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to the Lord, that this is your spiritual act of worship. Be not conformed any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then and only then, by the way, will you know what the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God really is for your life. This is what worship is, to surrender everything to God, not just the good stuff, but all the bad, too. When you confess the Lord over every area of your life, listen to me, here's what's going to happen. When you begin to confess the Lord, here's what will happen. Watch this now. In verse, 40, in verse 48, the, the world began to say, they say, be quiet, many of the people yelled at him. But he only shouted louder. Come on. Son of David, have mercy on me. Listen to me, here's what you can expect when you're expecting. Jesus will come close by, and you need to confess him as Lord of your life. But as soon as you confess him as Lord of your, uh, Lord of your life, the, another, the next thing that you can expect that will happen when you're expecting, the world will try and censor you. The world will try and tell you to shut up. Who are you? What do you think you're doing? But you're not worthy. Who do you think you are? You don't deserve the grace of God. You don't deserve the, the healing of God. You're, it's, you know, you're, you're dealing with the junk you're dealing with because of the horrible person you are. The world will tell you that. The world will tell you that you're not, you, you don't deserve any of the blessings of God. You don't deserve the favor of God. The world will tell you that you're not good enough, that you're unclean. They'll try and shout you down and try and make you shut up. But here's what, here, listen to me. Here's what you need to do. When the world tries and censor you, look what Bartimaeus does. The Bible says that he cried out louder. He cried out all the more. When the world tries to censor you, it's not time to be quiet, but it's time to stand up and begin to cry out to the Lord even more. It's time to worship him even more. When it doesn't make sense, when the world says it's over and they say there's no hope for you, it's time for you to worship God and give him the glory and the honor that's deserved his name. Listen to me. When the world says you have no hope, you begin to declare the living hope of Jesus Christ that he is alive and breathing and moving in your life right here, right now. Listen. Many of us believe uh, the, wor the world will come in and they'll try and censure you and keep you quiet. It's even what happened with the woman with the issue of blood. As I mentioned earlier, there was a large crowd. Even, even here, the Bible says there was a large crowd that followed around Jesus. Can I just tell you something right now? A lot of people that maybe think they're hanging around Jesus really aren't following Jesus. They just like the benefits of what's happening. And it's oftentimes those religious people will try and tell you to push it off. You just need to be quiet. It's not proper. It's not decent. You just need to, come on, man, it's not your time. Just chill out. Come on, that's silly. You don't need to be doing that. No, listen, here's uh, Dr. Maurice Lednick. He was the president of Bible college I went to. He said this, and it stuck with me for the last 20 years. You will either worship God or you will be critical of those who do. Hello. Come on, somebody. You are, listen, the Pharisee people in church, they don't like this stuff. It's too loud. Come on. What are you doing jumping around? All that craziness. You don't sing in this stuff. I don't know. What is this? You know? 
What are these lights? What's the smoke? What's this? What's that? And we start, we start trying to, we start trying to discount the people's worship. We start trying to tell people that they can't worship that way. Listen to me. It's not up to you to limit somebody else's worship. It's up to you to expand yours. Come on, somebody. It's not up to you to silence somebody else. It's up to you to open up your mouth and give God the glory and the honor that's deserved His name. I'm not called to judge anybody. I'm not called to put anybody on trial. I'm called to lift up the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I'm not here to point out how bad it is or how horrible you are. How the other world is coming against us. I'm here to magnify the goodness of my God today. I dare you with your borrowed breath. I dare you to lift up the name that's above every name. When it doesn't make sense, when all hope seems gone, when the world says it's over for you, I dare you to begin to glorify Jesus. I dare you to begin to give him the glory and the honor it's due his name. It happened on a Friday afternoon when the world thought it was over. Listen to me, I got news for you. It's not over. On a Friday afternoon as Jesus was breathing his last breath, he said, it is fit. the world listen the world can't say it's over jesus has already declared your sickness your pain your separation your sin your heartache it's over with in the name of jesus christ two thousand years ago the burdens and the pain that you're carrying today jesus had already done away with so why are you carrying it why are you trying to man try, trying to shoulder the burden of everybody in your family of everybody in your church of everybody in your community you can't fix everybody else you can't fix everybody in your family it's not up to you to try and fix everybody it's it's up to you to worship God. It's up to you to give God the glory and the honor that's deserved his name. Because the Bible says that he inhabits the praises of his people. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Listen to me. You want to see miracles and signs and wonders happen in your life, in your family's life, in your workplace, wherever you are. I dare you to begin to fill the air around you with the praises of God. And watch the darkness flee because the light is let loose. Come on, somebody. And the presence of God is there. And in his presence, you will find the everything you need. Joy. Joy, splendor, healing, acceptance, hope. Everything you need is found in the presence of God. When the world tries and censor you, it's time for you to cry out all the more in Jesus' name. If the world has told you to be quiet, I dare you for the next 15 seconds to give God the glory and honor in this house right now in Jesus' name. Verse 49 says, when Jesus heard him, I just stop right there. God hears you. When you cry out to him, he hears you. I know oftentimes I've prayed prayers and I feel like they went up and hit the ceiling, come back down, smack me right off the face. Come on now. Preachers being honest, hey. And oftentimes it feels like God's not there, but I got news for you. He hears you. You're heard. You have a voice in the kingdom of God. You are not silenced anymore. You matter to God. You matter to God. God hears your cry. Even a blind man that was pushed off to the side of the road outside of town, God heard him. Jesus heard him. And the Bible says here in verse 48 that Jesus heard him. In verse 49, I'm sorry. When Jesus heard him, he stopped. And he said, tell him to come here. So they called the blind man and said, cheer up, they said. Come on, he's calling you. Can I, a little bit of advice here for a second. The same people that, are gonna, that have censored you, as soon as God's favor comes upon you, they want to start saying, hey, how you doing? Can I tell you, don't put your faith in them. Put your faith in Jesus. 
You got to stop. Listen, I, there's good people. I, I want to be clear about this. There are great people in this world. There's, there's a, lot, a lot of people that have surrounded my family and encouraged us and picked us up and, and done things for us in the right time at the right place. And been in, but I got news to you. My dependency, my dependency is not upon them. I enjoy them. I love being around them. But they never saved me. They never healed me. They never filled me with the Holy Spirit of God. Only Jesus has done those things. My faith rests squarely upon the shoulders that carry that cross up the Calvary. Come on, somebody. These same people said, cheer up, Bartimaeus. Come on, he's calling you. Bartimaeus threw aside his coat, jumped up, and came to Jesus. Listen to me. Here's what you can expect when you're expecting. Jesus will come nearby, and you need to confess him as Lord. And as you begin to confess him as Lord, the world will try and censor you. But when the world tries to censor you, you need to cry out even more. Come on, somebody. Don't let the darkness sh sh shut up the light. It's time for the light to push back the darkness in Jesus' name. And as you begin to do that, as you cry out even louder, listen to me. God hears your cry. And he will call your name. He's going to call you. Eric, Steve, Tiffany. He's saying your name today. You're not far and distant from God. He knows where you are. And listen, as you've cried out to the Lord, even in the wee hours of the night, when you think nobody is paying attention, when you sat on the edge of your bed wondering whether or not life is worth living, I got news here. My Lord and Savior was sitting right there beside you. You may not have known it because you weren't listening to him, but I got news to you. He was listening to you. He heard your every cry. He saw your every tear. In, the, in that very moment of desperation, you were never closer to the Lord. I got news here. Jesus is your ever-present help in time of need. He is a man man of sorrows acquainted with grief he knows what it feels like for people to betray him for one day for them to shout and say hosanna how awesome he is and the very next day the very next week the same people to crucify him crucify him he knows what it's like for one of his closest friends to say i'll never turn my back on you and one and one day later he denies him three times come on somebody my lord knows what it's like to be hanging on the cross and looking to the eyes of his loving mother feeling totally helpless because she couldn't take her son off of that cross i got news to you my my God is familiar with your pain. He is familiar with your suffering, but that's why he bore your pain. That's why he bore your suffering, because it's not time for you to carry it anymore. It's time for you to surrender it to the Lord. Come to me, all you that are weary and carry heavy burdens, and Jesus will give you rest. He will call you by name. He's calling you by name today. It's not up to you to fix it. It's up to you to surrender it. Surrender to God. When you surrender to God, it's going to take commitment, though. I'm going to preach a balanced gospel today. The Bible says that Bartimaeus got up, took his coat off, his outside clothes, threw it down, and ran to Jesus. You've got to start giving up some things that have been keeping you from God. This outward garment was like, you know, had, had like a nice big... A nice big long coat kind of thing. It was lightweight, but it was it was covering to keep you know to, to allow air to flow up underneath of it. But it covered his entire body. And if he tried to run with it, he'd trip over it. Come on! And back in the day, they were like men like wore these big long, whatever. So I don't know what do you call that, like a big old dress. That's what I'm gonna say it is. Come on. And he took that thing off and threw it aside. Listen, when God calls you, you need to cast off. All your burdens, all the weight that so easily entangles you, and the sin. Listen, it may not even be sin. Hebrews says it may not even be sin that's keeping you from God. It may not be something that's listed in the top ten of thou shalt not. Come on, somebody. It might be a hobby or a habit that you've placed in front of God. 
Might be a television show. There may not be a bunch of bad stuff on it, but man, you're going to watch out faster than you read the Word of God. It might be a relationship that's keeping you away from God instead of pushing you towards Him. Come on, somebody. Can I just gently, gently tell you this? There's somebody in the house today. You think you can date somebody, and, and, and hopefully it's sooner or later before you get married, or maybe after you get married, they're going to surrender your life, their, their life to Jesus? No, 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 no. Light has no fellowship with darkness. You're not supposed to be unequally yoked with somebody that's not. Now, listen, if you're already married and you're already in that, don't you give up on that person. You pray for the grace of God to surround them. But if you're in it, if you have the, the opportunity not to get in that situation, you do exactly what the Word of God says. Listen to me. You get out of that relationship right here, right now. You don't need to be married to somebody that's going to tear you away from God. Listen, you might have some temporary pleasure here on this earth, but you'll live in eternal torment forever and ever and ever. Make the right decision. I love you enough to tell you that. Come on, somebody. Light has no fellowship with darkness. Bartimaeus threw it all off, and he went running to Jesus. Listen to me. This would, this would be considered like he's a fanatic. He had to throw it. He, he probably looked like a fool. But you know what? Why would Bartimaeus care? He couldn't see anyway. Hello? Why does Bartimaeus care what he looks like? He can't even see. Why do you care about your image so much whenever there's something that is so much more tragic and something that is keeping you? Listen to me. Don't care what people think about you. Care that the Savior is standing over top of you, that he's called you by name, and he wants to meet your each and every need. Don't worry to try and please people or try and make everybody else happy. You begin to worship the Lord. You cast off all the extra weight and the sin that so easily entangles us, and let us run this race with perseverance. You stick with it. It may not be easy. It may not be popular. But at the end of the day, you will be made whole. You will be healed. You will be set free. And you will have an eternal home in heaven forever and forever and forever and forever. It's time for us one more time to preach the gospel of commitment. That we need to surrender everything to the Lord. It's time for us to surrender all. And make, listen, you can come just as you are. But when you get to Jesus, you need to give him everything. Come on, somebody. You don't need to clean yourself up. You don't have to be a, have a perfect life. You surrender it to the Lord. And you watch God will do more with your life than you ever could. Bartimaeus throws it all off and runs to Jesus. And he gets there and Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? In verse 51, the band can come if you guys would come and start playing. It'd be fantastic. Thank you. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked. My rabbi, the blind man, said, I want to see. And instantly Jesus said to him, go for your faith has healed you. And instantly the man could see and he followed Jesus down the road. Listen, here's what you can expect when you're expecting. Here's what you can expect when you're expecting. Listen, the, the people are going to come against you, but Jesus is going to come close, and you need to confess him as Lord. Listen, and, and as you confess Jesus as Lord, the world's going to try and censor you, but it's not time for you to be quiet. It's time for you to cry out even louder. And as you cry out even louder, the Lord hears you, and he's going to call your name. And when he calls your name, you cast off all the weight and all the sin. You surrender it all to the Lord, and you come to him just as you are. But when you get there, the Lord's going to start asking you questions. And it's not because he doesn't know what you need. It's because he wants you to realize where you are. You think God didn't know Bartimaeus was blind? Hello, they called him blind Bartimaeus. Come on, somebody. They called him blind Bartimaeus. Jesus isn't asking Bartimaeus, what do you want? Jesus is trying to get Bartimaeus to realize where he was. He was in the presence of the Son of God. Many of us, we have become more comfortable 
in our sin or our sickness and our situation instead of being comfortable in the presence of the Son of God. We've allowed outside circumstances to label us and to tell us who we are. We are excellent at this in church world. We call this guy blind Bartimaeus. Jesus healed him 2,000 years ago. But what do we call him? Blind Bartimaeus. What about the woman with the issue of blood? She was sick for 12 years, but she's been healed for 2,000. What do we call her? The woman with, we don't even know her name. We still call her the woman with the issue of blood. What about the, what about the paralytic at the gate called Beautiful that Peter and John ministered to and Jesus healed him? We don't even know that guy's name. We still call him the lame man. We, we allow the things of this world to label us and define who we are. Don't allow your circumstance or your temporary pain and sickness to define who you are. Let me tell you who you are. You are an heir and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. You are no longer the tail. You are now the head in Jesus' name. You are more than a conqueror in Jesus Christ. Let me tell you who you are. Just Jesus never came to anybody. And I, I'll say this a little bit later on tonight. Jesus never came to anybody and like say, he didn't tell his disciples, listen, the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you and you're going to do witnessing. No, he said you will be witnesses. It's who you are. God defines who you are. You're a witness of God. Jesus, listen to me. Every time I read throughout Scripture, when, the, when God worked through one of the disciples or somebody was healed, oftentimes they would pray, be healed. Notice they didn't say, hey, do healing. Do it. Work yourself up. You get healed. Do healing. No, he said, be healed. You want to know why? Because it's who you are in Jesus. Jesus is healing. He is wholeness. He is satisfaction of life. He is restoration. Listen, he is the debt canceler in Jesus' name. He is the one that vanquishes all sin and all sickness and all pain and all heartache. That's who he is and that's who you are in him. Listen, in the name of Jesus, do not allow the circumstances of this world to tell you who you are anymore. You stand up and you be the son and daughter of the Most High God. You are an heir and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. Everything he has is yours in Jesus' name. Come on, would you stand to your feet with me this, this afternoon? Here's what you can expect when you're expecting. Jesus is going to come close, and you need to confess him as Lord. The world will try and censor you, but you cry out louder. And he's going to call your name because he hears you. And when he calls your name, you need to cast off everything. Surrender it all to him. Even the things that you think don't matter, I got news to you. I serve a God of the details. He wants to be involved in every area of your life. I'm not telling you he's going to tie your shoes for you, but he wants to be there when you do. Come on, somebody. He never wants to leave you. Even in the moments you think that don't matter, God wants to be there with you. You are never alone. You're never alone again. Some of you have the fear of being alone. You are not alone anymore in the name of Jesus. Don't allow a lie of the world to define who you are. You stand on the truth of God's word. And when you do, you will find the cure of Jesus Christ. He has called you whole in Jesus' name. I love, I love what Bartimaeus does. The Bible says instantly he could see and he followed Jesus down the road. He wouldn't have been able to follow Jesus when he was blind. He wouldn't be able to see what was going on. But Jesus opened his eyes. Jesus will take your could not and turn it into a could in the name of Jesus. That's his cure. What you could not do, you now can. I can do all things through Jesus who gives me the strength to do them.
I want you to get that deep down in your soul. Some of you all, you've, you've, you've lived your life by what you couldn't do. You've shrunk away by things that seemed impossible. I serve a God who specializes in doing impossible things in impossible circumstances. He does the possible. Come on, somebody. I serve a possible God. I do not serve an impossible God. I serve a possible God in Jesus' name. Many of you remember my story. I was, when I was just a young boy, diagnosed with cystic fibrosis, the world said I never would have another chance. I had reoccurring pneumonia over and over and over again, caused large amounts of scar tissue to mount all over my lungs. That coupled with a cystic fibrosis, a disease that is incurable, it's treatable, but incurable. The doctors told my family that I wouldn't live a long life, that the life that I would live would be a very poor quality. But in a church much like this one, on an Easter Sunday 38 years ago, I'm getting old. Come on, somebody. They brought me forward, and there they prayed for me that day. They anointed me with oil in my little body. They anointed me with oil. It's just, oil is just a symbol of the presence of God. You're marked. You're marked for the presence of God. You are marked for the favor of God. Don't get freaked out, all right? I'd like to tell you that day when they prayed for me, like the roof opened up, you know? Nice light shone down out of heaven, you know? And dove landed on my little cheek and kissed me and then flew away and there was a voice that this is Tim and who my mom none of that stuff happened but by faith I told you in the last service the greatest faith is not believing that you're going to receive it but believing that you already have As treatments went on medical team said hey listen your body's not reacting the way it should we don't know what's going on. We're going to need to run more tests. You need to be, you need to, listen to me. You need to start worshiping God. When they say they got to run more tests, you start worshiping God. As they started running more tests, they, they did x-rays and, and the blood work and all this stuff. Came back and they said, listen, we don't know if we messed up on the blood work or whatever before, but we can't find the tra any trace of cystic fibrosis in your son's blood anymore. And with the thing we really don't understand, the old x-ray has scar tissue and the new x-ray, there's not one stitch of scar tissue left on your son's lungs. We don't know what to do, what you couldn't do, you go do now. Listen to me. Some of you, listen, you thought your situation was hopeless. You thought there was no way and the world says it's over for you just as Jesus gets close and you've been going to confess that he is the savior over your life, the world's going to try and silence you. It's not time to be silent anymore. It's time to cry out all the more. I don't know where you are in your life. I don't know what you're dealing with today, but in the name of Jesus, I pray that faith would rise up in your soul. The perfect love of God has surrounded you and chased out all fear. It's nothing you got to do to work yourself up. Listen to me. In just a few moments, we're going to pray. But I believe many of us are going to realize you've already been healed. Many of you have already been healed, even during worship and during the preaching of the word today. Many of you have already been healed. And what you could not do in the name of Jesus, you're going to begin to do. Just that simple. Some of you, you, maybe you weren't able to bend over or lift your hands above your head or, I don't know, twist or maybe breathe or different things that you thought you couldn't do before. Some of you, uh, listen, I, I, this is a personal thing, but some of y'all, listen, you're going to need to go into the bathroom and look where that growth used to be. I got news for you. It's gone in the name of Jesus. I'm telling you, you say, Tim, I, I am not denying reality. You know, I, I, I'm sitting here with my one of my kids on crutches and all this stuff that we've come through. And listen, we still deal with stuff. We're still in this world. Hello. I'm still here. So as long as I hear, I know I'm going to have to deal with it. But you know what I do understand? If God doesn't take me out of it, I believe he's going to take me through it in the name of Jesus Christ. I declare in the name of Jesus that Jesus is close by in this room right now. He's walking the aisleways right now. He's walking in between these seats. He's nearby. 
Now it's up to you to confess him as the Lord of your life. Before we go any further, the greatest miracle of them all is turning eternity on its ear. You were once destined for eternal damnation and hell, but Jesus is calling your name. All you got to do is say yes, and your eternity is flipped from hell to heaven in the name of Jesus. God has a plan for your life, even here on this earth and then in heaven. And if you're here today and say, Tim, you know what? I need to surrender my life to Jesus before we go any further. Listen to me. This is why I do this before we pray for miracles and signs and wonders, because I got news for you. There's moments and times when miracles and signs don't happen. You, your faith cannot rest on what you see with your eyes. Your faith needs to rest with what is put on the inside of your heart. The inside has to change the outside, not the other way around. And if you're here today and say, Tim, you know what? I need to make a decision to follow Jesus. We're all going to pray this prayer together right now. Listen, everybody in the room is going to pray this prayer together. The biggest miracle of them all is God, the clean, touching the unclean and making it clean in the name of Jesus. And if you're here today and you say, Tim, you know what? I need to pray that prayer. I need to make a decision to follow Jesus. You know who you are. You're not, far, you're not, you're not following him. Today, make a decision to follow Jesus. This is your moment right now. There's a dad in the room today. The only reason you come to church is to make your wife happy and try and be some example for your kids. I got news for you. One day you're going to stand before heaven and God's going to ask you, are, have you followed me? Not out of obligation, but out of the grace of God. I'm telling you, you better get right with the Lord. Kids can see right through you anyway. They hear what you say. They, they see the way you treat your wife when you're not here in church. It's time for you to get right. everybody pray this prayer with me I'm telling you the grace of God is here there is no condemnation this is grace no matter how old or how young you are everybody in the room I want you to pray this prayer with me I promise this prayer will not damage the soul the Bible says we believe in our heart and then we confess with our mouth Jesus is Lord amen you don't have to pray this prayer word for word but you do need to mean it and you do need to say it out loud amen come on everybody pray this prayer everyone pray this prayer with me say Jesus oh come on all across this room you can be louder than that say Jesus I admit that I need you I believe that you are God, and I confess you as the Lord of my life. From this day on, I will trust the Lord. Thank you, Jesus, that heaven is now my home. From this day on, in Jesus' name. Come on, and everybody said, amen, amen. Oh, come on, give God a big shout in this house today. Now listen, if you just prayed that prayer for the first time, or maybe you decided you needed to recommit your life to the Lord, whatever it was, you were on the outside looking in, but now you're in. Come on, somebody. We want to celebrate with you. We want to give you a proper welcome into the family of God. The Bible says in the book of Luke that when just one sinner comes home, the angels of God rejoice. I got news for you. The redeemed of the Lord, you and I, that have already been saved, that have confessed our, with our mouth, Jesus is Lord, we're already sons and daughters of God. We can sing a song the angels cannot sing. Come on, somebody. We can worship God in a way the angels can't even worship. We have an opportunity to worship him right here and right now and celebrate that hell has been defeated and heaven has won. One more time. Come on. If you're in this room today and say, Tim, I just made a decision to follow Jesus. If that's you, listen to me. Here's what I want you to do. I'm going to simply going to count the three to give you an opportunity to say, that's me. I'm in. I'm in. You just prayed that prayer for the first time or you rededicated your life to the Lord. You made a recommitment. You know who you are. When I say three, I want you to lift your hand as high as you can. We want to give you a proper welcome into the family of God. There's nothing to be ashamed of. This is everything to rejoice in. Amen. Come on. If this is you, lift your hand good and high right now. One, 
two, if it's you, lift it high right now. Three. Come on, is there anybody? We'll wait. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Oh, give God the glory in this house. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, please let us know by going to fv.church slash IMN. And remember to download our app for more content and helpful links. Now look, here's what's happening. We have people that love you. We want to make sure we can connect with you, help you out, whatever you need. We're here. We're here. We're in too. We're in. I used to think this was a card to say they're in, but you know what? It's a card to say we're in. We're in. You don't have to do this alone anymore. We're in your life. We'll help you out. Whatever you need, we're there. Listen, they just gave you a card. If you didn't get one of those cards in just a few moments, listen, there's places up here that you can grab one. There's a table in the back that says I'm in that gives you some little things you can do and some ways that we can connect with you. Listen to me. You're not out anymore. You're in. You are in, and we're in with you. Come on. We're in with you. Come on, give God one more shout in this house. Here's what we're going to do. Aaron and the band, they're going to begin to play and sing. However the Lord leads them, that's great. That's awesome. I trust them. I love these guys. I love these guys. If you're here today, say, Tim, you know what? I'm expecting. I mean, not... I mean, maybe you do now. I mean, I'll pray for that too, I guess. But if you're here and say, Tim, I need a miracle. I want to tell you one more time. If any one of you is sick, may call on the elders of the church and you, they will anoint you with oil and the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well in Jesus' name. But many times, It's easier for us to believe God for a physical miracle oftentimes than it is to believe him for maybe a spiritual one or an emotional one. Some of you, you're you're dragging around some emotional scars and pain from things that were done and said to you as a child or maybe someone that has left you and you feel all abandoned. Listen to me, I got news for you. It's it's just as big of a miracle for God to heal that wound as it is to heal a physical wound. I'm not, I'm not, listen, I don't want to try and exclude you today. You're included. You're included. If you're here tonight, Tim, I need a miracle. I'm expecting a miracle. If that's you, come on, lift your hand right where you are. Lift your hand right where, if that's you, if you're expecting a miracle. That's it, all across this room. All across this room. Here's what we're going to do, all right? Listen, it's, it's going to go real quick. All right, we're going to go real quick with this because a lot of you raise your hand, but listen to me. Here's the deal. You do not need me for a miracle. You don't need me. Don't cry out my name. You cry out Jesus. Come on, you call on him. You, you don't need Tim or Candace or Jason. You, 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 listen, you need Jesus. Don't, don't, don't be dependent on some slick-haired, you know, whatever, spitting evangelist up here that, you know, thinks, listen, I'll, I'll pray with you. There's no doubt about it. I will call things into existence even though they are not under the authority of Jesus Christ. I'll speak faith over you. I got no problem doing that. But listen to me, you, you don't need me. You need Jesus. So don't wait for me to get to you. You go ahead and reach out to the Lord. You push through the crowd and you reach out to the Lord. And when the world tries to censure you and say, it's not your turn, listen, you go ahead and give God the glory and watch that he won't meet you on the edge of the road and call faith into your life right now. Here's what we're going to do, all right? If you need a miracle, 
Well, there's a lot of you that raise your hands. Here's what we're going to do. I'm gonna, I want you to line up. If you, if, if you can't walk, you come and you get close to the front. If you can't get close to the front, we'll come to you in just a moment. But here's the deal. Don't expect me to stand there and spit and scream and holler over you for half an hour. When I read throughout Scripture the way it worked, they would, they would pray over somebody or they would look at somebody and speak right at them and say, be healed in Jesus' name. Get up, pick up your mat, walk. It's just that fast. You hear me? I'm not, I'm not telling you you're not worth my time. I, 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 if God asks me to stay and do whatever, we're going to do that. But I got news for you. It happens in a moment. I believe what the world has tried to do for years, God can change in a second. God can change everything in one second. Come on, if you're here today, say, Tim, you know what? I need a miracle. If that's you, if you can, here, here's what I want. Maybe what we can do, this aisle is a little bigger. If you could come over to this aisle and just work your way right down, I'll pray for you right here, and then we'll kind of move you off that direction. You can stay up here and worship the Lord. Uh, but listen, here's, what, here's the thing. It's not time to leave. It's time to worship. It's time to worship. Amen? It's time to worship the Lord. It's time to give him the glory and the honor that he deserves. You might just find out as you're praying for somebody else or maybe you're worshiping the Lord, you might just find out that God's going to meet you right where you are. You hear me? God's going to come close. He's going to come close. When he comes close, you confess him. When you confess him, the world might try and tell you to be quiet. But you cry out all the more. And when you cry out all the more, Jesus hears your cry. And he'll call you by name. When he calls you by name, you give it all over. You surrender everything. You cast it all aside. And when you do that, the cure of Jesus Christ is coming your way. What you could not do, you now can do. In the name of Jesus Christ. Come on, all across this room. Lift your hands to the Lord. Let me pray right now. Lord, in the name of Jesus. Lord, under the authority you have given to us as believers. Lord, I command what was not there to be there right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, I command tumors and cysts and growths that are there, I command them to be gone right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, I command blood levels to come back into proper order right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, I command tissue that was pronounced dead to come back to life right now in the name of Jesus Christ. I command cartilage that was torn and taken out to regrow right now in the name of Jesus Christ. May the back of depression be broken in Jesus mighty name hallelujah 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 come on lift your hands worship God even before we start singing begin to worship the Lord we don't need a song to worship just say if you don't know how to worship God say Jesus I'm telling you that's enough Jesus is enough that's it come on right now in the name of Jesus we're going to begin to pray I'm telling you God is changing things right now your faith has made you whole in Jesus name Aaron however you want to lead us you go man In the name of Jesus.
when Tim was talking there at the end, he, he mentioned the I'm in cards, and he said something really cool. He said, these are we are in cards. Because a group of individuals who all say I'm in are all in. And when we are in, something changes. When Jesus did healings, it was so often surrounded by a crowd, by a group gathered together expecting something. So you might be watching individuals get prayed over to be healed, thinking, oh, this is their moment, this is their moment, this is, God's going to do something for them. But you're only seeing half of the picture. We are in. We are a part of what Jesus is doing. We are a part of what God is doing. Don't miss what he has for us. We are in. We pray for the sick. We see the lame walk, the blind see, the deaf hear, the lost found, the slaves set free. We, we need to pray. We need to worship. We need to grow. It's not about they or them or her or him. He's the God of the individual and he's the God of the group. He's here for us as well. So don't miss what he has for FV Church because you're, you're watching what he's doing in someone else. Don't miss what he has for you because you're watching what he's doing in something in someone else. We're gonna keep worshiping. We're going to keep pursuing. We're going to do just a little bit more here in a second. Because this is an epic weekend. Don't leave until you experience something. Until we encounter what he has for us. Let me hand it back over to the team. Yeah. 
worthy of the gift you've given us. Grow us together as your people. Thank you for this time. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. We'll see you tonight. We love you.